Welcome to Parenthood Pals. I'm Caleb Hoyer. And I'm Melissa Fyatt Johnson. And today I am so excited. We have an old like childhood friend of mine on, Lindsay Runnels. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, something new for me. So this is exciting. <laughs> Actually, you saying that, um, we always have questions we ask new guests. I will start with is just what is your history with parenthood? Because, you know, you said it was something new for you. That might be a bit of a hint. This is my history. Um, I <laughs> After I got the email from Melissa, I looked up the series. I read a little bit about it. And so I watched two episodes prior to my assigned episode Aww. and my episode. So three episodes in. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. You'll have a little more context. You know, that, yes. that's that's a good idea. I love it. We also ask our guests oh, where they're joining us from. That's such a okay. small one. Oh, yeah. Where, where are you? I am in my illustrious office in downtown <laughs> Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> love it. So. That's great. And then my last question, and this will probably get in a little bit to how like we know each other. We ask guests about Team Runnels because they had this episode where it was like Team Braverman. And so yes. just like, what was your family like growing up? You know, just who's in your family? And then what's your family like now? My family of origin, such <laughs> that it is. Um, I have two siblings. I'm the eldest in the birth order. And I wear that role almost stereotypically. <laughs> you know, I'm the type A boss of my brother and sister who are grown adults by now and don't need me, but I still play that role. Two I girls and a boy the... is great. That's my yes. family um, as well. That's true. Two girls, one boy. My brother is the youngest. That's me Caleb. Too. Exactly. That's funny. And I have a yeah. sister named Lindsay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, I grew up in a very small rural community, Jasper, Missouri, which no one really knows where that is, but it's north of Joplin and, you know, tiny, very rural. Um, and I grew up there. My parents still live there. My dad farms. My mother was a school teacher. I went to kindergarten with the same 22 kids I graduated high school with. Wow. <laughs> very, very small. Um, and my family's still there. So I get to go home every so often, but I left at 18 and that was <laughs> the end of, of my time living in that particular part of this glorious country. <laughs> so my family now, I have two two daughters. Um, Sophia is seven and Ella is five. Aww. My husband and I got married in 2008 and we live in the Kansas City area and he's an elected official, um, goes to Jeff City uh, to do that. And I'm a lawyer um, in Kansas City. That's so. so cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, and that's that's how we know each other. Jasper is how we know each yes. other because our moms work together. And I never lived in Jasper. I lived in Pittsburgh. My mom commuted there. And yes. Lindsay, I don't know if you know this, but my husband's a teacher. And the first five years of his career were in Jasper, Missouri. It's really nuts. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet my mom was maybe gone by then or was she? I think think she was gone by then, but mm -hmm. he seems to know who she is. So maybe, 
Maybe, maybe there was some overlap or something, you know, yeah. she taught there for 25 years. Wow. And so again, it's very small, more cattle than people there. <laughs> so you couldn't walk in, you know, around Jasper and not find someone who knew my parents. That might be so. it too. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I would sometimes just tell him about people I knew and just be like, have you met so-and-so, you know? So yeah. He'd be like, yes, of course I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there are so few people here. Right. So, but yeah. And I remember thinking you were just like the coolest. And I think we're the basically same age. Did you graduate yeah. high school in 99? Yes. Me I too. Did. Yeah. I thought we were right. like really close in age. And um, so sometimes when there would be like events and stuff that night, my mom would bring me and I would hang out with you. And yeah. it was so fun. I re- yeah. I remember thinking the same, like, if it you know, it was again, a very small community, but I think your mom and my mom did like evening type things where they did reading and literature. I I was trying to recall like it's vague pieces of memories, but I saw you. Yeah. And that makes no sense. We didn't go to school together, but we were friends. And so I was talking to my mom this morning and she's like, yes, Emmy and I, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. There it is. So our parents brought us together. Brought us together. Right. The, the TKs that were having to wait on our mothers (laughs) doing something and we made good friends. (laughs) Yes. And you know, it was really fun to like reconnect with you on Facebook and to like, just be totally honest. I remember just like sort of seeing you on Facebook and thinking, man, Lindsay turned out so cool. <laughs> I just want to get to know her better. And I was like, well, I know the perfect way. I'll just like invite her on my podcast. That's not a weird yes. thing to do. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Well, thank you. This is great. Yeah. Can't wait to dive into the episode. Yay. Let's do it. Well, the episode is Parenthood Season 5, Episode 19, Fraud Alert. It was written by Jason Kadams, directed by Bethany Rooney, It originally aired on March 27th, 2014, and here's the TV Guide synopsis. Joel and Sarah are in high spirits after finishing their projects at work. Adam cheers up a gloomy Max by taking him on a new adventure, and Amber treats Sydney and Victor to a surprise. (laughs) That sounds much more exciting than it was. (laughs) (laughs) The episode started with Mark Sear, so immediately I was like, I already like the episode. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay, I should tell you, I love Mark Sear, and this is his like maybe only time being on the show this whole season, and so we were very excited. Yeah. Mark's phone call to Sarah that she takes after, you know, changing that light bulb. (laughs) Right. Gosh, it made me hope that maybe Mark would be back for good. Yeah. And I don't remember if I felt that way when I was watching the series as it aired, but I will say I went back and checked my facts and my dates. The show that Jason Ritter had left Parenthood for, Us and Them, which was in with Alexis Bledel, that series ended up never even airing on Fox. (laughs) And it was completely canceled, dead in the water. So... At this point in time, he was not committed to another series anymore. If they wanted him back and if he was interested, he was available. And then especially now rewatching it with my renewed reluctance about Hank, I just thought this really could be a chance for them to like right their wrongs <laughs> and put people back where they were supposed to be. But no. Alas. Uh, no. And I got to tell you, I do know for a fact that when it originally aired, I was like, oh, good, he's here. Come back. And um, yeah, I was really I remember being very disappointed that it was obviously just 
Oh, some closure. Okay. Some closure. Got yeah. it. Yes. Well, Lindsay, having only watched these three episodes, yeah. from this little snapshot, if you were comparing Mark and Hank, were you more drawn to one than the other? You know, I, I got that Mark was, you know, a love and, you know, some, that there was this tension between them and something, you know, long history yeah. there. I could tell by the way the daughter acted and Sarah's character. So I was like, what? This seems messy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, everyone was really awkward when they were trying to talk to each other. And so I thought, okay, well, there's clearly a lot going on uh, with the history of this relationship. But, you know, Hank... Of course, this this may be all wrong, but my impression of him, you know, was kind of a glass half empty kind of guy, um, you know, <laughs> that is right dark, on. <laughs> you know, dark, but also, you know, seems to be sensitive underneath all of that, but very ill-equipped on, you know, how to <laughs> perhaps communicate with those that he seems to care about through actions, at least in the very small piece that I got to watch you know yeah him showing up at you know that um meeting that she had that she was so neurotic about and all of that like that's that's a love gesture yeah um yeah. that's a supportive gesture but then he's you know he seems at least and perhaps I'm wrong unable to be very available uh to himself and to others for those you know emotional conversations so I, I have a lot of history personally with people like that, ah. you know, like people I, that I know would like to probably be better and do better, but that just aren't you know, <laughs> in that part of their life, but yeah. they'll be there for you yeah. all the time. They'll be present, you know? So I had a little bit of a soft spot for him. Yeah. Now, I could come off of it if he does something <laughs> stupid or, you know, he really just is an asshole, but that piece of his attitude didn't put me off probably because I have a lot of experience with, and I love a lot of people like that, you know, yeah. the, the cowboy type, you know, <laughs> very somber, stoic, moody yeah. kind of male figures, you know? So I was like, yeah, I could you know, it's cool. You're kind of a De Debbie Downer, but you know, life's not so bad. You know? <laughs> I think you nailed it, by the way. Yeah, like, that's, um, yeah you really <laughs> must have been real. I mean, you're an insightful person, clearly, but yeah, that's, that's him <laughs> to a T. And Mark, I'm not sure how much you could tell about him just based on this one episode, but boy, he is like really available and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's kind you know, of the a, opposite. What a great mature hard thing to do to have you know this there's clearly tension there he cares a lot about Sarah yeah and she clearly does him they all they both get nervous that even the thought of speaking to each other so there's a lot going on there yeah but that's a big thing to do he knows it's going to hurt her yeah. but he'd rather hurt her you know in person <laughs> than her hear it from someone else that's not easy no. for him the easier thing would be just gosh I'm gonna hope she doesn't hear knowing that she will and not deal with it and yeah. not deal with the consequences. That's a hard thing to do and something that's really mature and rare, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well put. So yeah. I legit cried at that. I did too. Oh my gosh. So how are you? Um, I'm good. I've been uh I've been good. I uh, actually um this is a little embarrassing, but um I did bring this. Uh I'm a published writer. Oh, oh 
Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just a, it's a little journal. It's not the New Yorker. Who cares? It's amazing. It is. It's exciting. It's your name in print. <laughs> I know. That was Can my Can I keep this? Part. Yeah, Can I that's, read it? that's for you. Oh, my goodness. That journal has a circulation of 37 people. So. <laughs> well, you must be very proud. <laughs> I am. Now it's 38. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Um, right and the other thing uh, that's sort of been going on is that uh, I met someone, um, oh. a, a, a woman, she, uh, she teaches at Roosevelt, and, um, and we're actually engaged. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, I mean, it happened really fast. Uh, you know, we, we just sort of, we wanted the same things. We, wanted, we both wanted to start a family, and we just sort of both uh, knew. So, um, but when I, you know, I ran into Amber, and I um, <clears throat> just came to me that sooner or later, you would run into someone, and they might tell you, and I didn't want you to just I don't know, hear it from someone. I wanted to... Thank you. That's so nice of you. That is so you. <laughs> that is... I'm really so... happy for you. I really am. Thanks. That's so great. That's so great. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> it was just so decent of Mark. Totally. As you said, to go that extra step and not just leave her to find out on right. her own. And, you know, I love that you said that it obviously was messy because it was kind of a nice reminder to me of their history. I think their chemistry is such it's so effortless and light and fun yeah. that it makes me think, oh, their whole relationship was light and effortless when it really was not. It was very messy, not because they weren't good for each other, but just because of stuff that went down between them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it's a nice reminder because I, I was struck by how nervous he was in that whole conversation. Right. But this makes me realize, of course he would be. He's so uncomfortable knowing he's going to potentially hurt her. I don't think he's still in love with her. I mean, I got the sense that this woman who, that he's engaged to now was something very positive in his life and yeah. not like a Band-Aid covering his unrequited love for Sarah. <laughs> I got that feeling I don't too. Now, what I I'm basing too. this on, I don't quite know, but I guess just his portrayal of it in the scene. But then after he tells her, the way they both go back to just staring at their menus mm -hmm. and like, they take their awkward drinks and it's like they don't even know how to talk to each other anymore. Right. Yeah. I was thinking it would just be a drink. And then when they looked down, I was like, oh, no, that's too long. <laughs> yeah. got a whole meal left. <laughs> just, just have the drink. Yes. And then, <laughs> don't do the dinner. That's torture for yeah. everyone. Part, part yeah. ways. No, completely. I, you know what really got me? It's such a small, dumb thing because everything else they talked about was very serious and real. But the it was her line delivery before they got into the serious stuff where she talks about being a super and she just says, I've become handy and <laughs> so, funny. so funny. But like yeah. what it really did for me was make me realize that she's like funny and like herself and, and it, like just all these great things in a way that I feel like she really isn't with Hank because I think with Hank, she's often like, I don't know, stepping on eggshells or something. Like, I feel like she's yeah. never fully relaxed and herself. Almost like she's 
I don't mean to be dramatic, but like, like dimming her light a little bit so that she can be in the darkness with him. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, I don't know. It, it worries me a bit because even just that little line, I'm like, oh, she's so excited to be around someone else who's just like positive like she is. And it just was a reminder that I, I personally think she chose wrong. And I don't know if that came across in these three episodes or just this one, I guess, with Mark, but she broke up with Mark, not vice versa. So it's especially kind of him to do this. He really doesn't owe sure. her anything. And right. yeah. Well, but even that is kind of messy because actually Mark broke up with her. I guess that's true. And then he sort of opened the door they were to right. get back together. Yeah. And then she said, you know what? I don't want to get back together. So they both at various <laughs> points kind yeah. of, but that's just how You're right. it was. Yeah. I do still think she chose wrong. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but Lindsay, I like the things you said about Hank. That's a good way to look at him, like to have sort of a soft spot for him and to realize that he really is trying. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm too hard on him. He like, it doesn't come easily to him the way that it does to someone like Mark. And that's not really his yeah. fault. You know, he is working on it. You know, he's in therapy. That's great. You know, I do think that that's meant to speak volumes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah when he talks to that Dr. Pelican who had like, I think one line, like he just said, I maybe want to encourage you to think of possibilities beyond Sarah. <laughs> like, And that yeah. was, yeah, it. Did you think that was good advice? Yes. <laughs> I did. I'm like, I don't think he's going to take it, but I think it's great advice. <laughs> but And, you know, now I'm remembering in previous conversations with Dr. Pelican, Hank talked about his pattern of fixating on things and his ex-wife called it tenacious. And Sarah has become one of those things, I think. Mm. But here's where that awkward line is of, well, anyone falling in love with someone in a way becomes fixated on yeah. them. How do you define when that is to an unhealthy degree right. or not? And it, in his case, I think it might just have to do with how available and invested is the other person. Yeah. If they are not, you can't let that go on forever. It can ruin your life to just be pining for someone mm -hmm. who is not going to return it. Are we meant in this episode to view Mark's engagement as like one of the impediments to Hank and Sarah being lifted? Is that what we're supposed to take away from his last scene with Sarah? That's a good question. I don't know. I just feel like we've seen nothing from her all season that she is romantically interested in Hank anymore. And it feels to me like the show just wants them to be together because Ray Romano's a big deal. <laughs> you know, so they're like, let's just have that. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I. I don't Lindsay, in your snapshot, did you ever get any feelings that she's like in love with him and sees him beyond a friend? No, yeah. I didn't. But I also like, you know, she was very happy that he showed up at that, you know, meeting and uh, and all of that, which, you know, that's a, still a friendship thing to do, yeah. um, I think. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I did not. It certainly, if it's there, it wasn't noticeable to me in that quick three episodes that I was able to watch. Yeah. It didn't seem like... She seemed maybe surprised when he, you know, had that conversation with her, like, this is too much and it's not fair. And I thought she seemed like kind of taken aback by that. Like she hadn't considered that yeah. maybe her actions were being seen a different way than she intended them. Yeah. So it didn't seem to me that that was what she was trying to communicate. Yeah. To him. 
S- yeah. Same here. And it makes me worry that if the show is determined to put them together, that it's more about making Hank happy than Sarah and that maybe Sarah is just settling. But then I'm like, that's weird because at the end of last season, she did choose him over Mark. And so why do I think that? But I just feel like this season, I've seen no chemistry like beyond friendship and right. a working relationship. Well, and in this episode, I felt like twice she sort of shielded Hank from being completely honest about Mark. Mm -hmm. When Amber came over to say, oh, I ran into him. She quickly said, oh, Hank's here. (laughs) And I didn't sense that that was to necessarily spare Hank's feelings, but just, I don't want to get into this in front of him because it's only going to create more mess for me to have to work around. And then at the end when she said, oh, and he got engaged and was very Kurt with him, I felt like, here's just the facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, again, didn't feel like sparing him. It just felt like, I don't want to get into this with you. Even though I interpreted her reaction to Mark's news at the dinner as sort of like a almost an admission that she knows she made a mistake. Like, I could be this woman he's talking about. I mean, I was. Yeah. And I just let it go. I could have had this, but ruined it. And sort of realizing it now in that moment. I felt very sad for Sarah and honestly really happy and relieved for Mark. I was like, I was like, this is probably better than the drama that you had (laughs) with Sarah who never appreciated you enough and was always taking you for granted and kind of yanking you around. I, I was like... Maybe the you saying that you and this this woman who we don't know we haven't met her but she could be anyone teacher from Roosevelt yeah I'm I'm partial to teachers so I think that's good um, <laughs> so I'm like you know maybe this is just better for you like you guys want the same things there I don't know if you could tell that he's younger than she is so like it, yes yeah, so I, I mean it, you know visibly yeah I could tell you but other than that like there wasn't any you know. He didn't seem immature. He seemed far more, you know, than than maybe a lot of the other characters. I think were so. Yeah, no, it's so could, weird. She, yeah, he's just like, like shallowly looking at them. Yes, like yeah, he's younger. You know, yeah, okay. I think he's like twelve years younger than she oh, okay. is. But like, I think by far the most mature person she's ever dated. <laughs> so it's really interesting. But or yeah. maybe on the show, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, I love. Uh, but it was crazy because um, one conflict they had was, you know, she has two children who are like college right. age, you know, right. and he doesn't have any kids and wants them. And so, you know, I'm like, okay. maybe this is just easier. <laughs> He's just right. with someone yeah. who like wants kids. And so they're getting married. It all checks out. And so I was sad for Sarah, but I thought in a weird way, I don't think she did it to like let him go. But I think that's kind of ultimately what happened. I was sad for me, too, because I wanted more Jason Ritter on the screen and more chemistry between those two. But it, it checks out that this is how it officially ends. So, yeah. Well, in other news, <laughs> Zeke needs a grill for his car. Oh, my I, gosh. I could I almost couldn't care less about this whole storyline. At one point I wrote down, I'm so not here for Zeke and Crosby's mutual arrested development. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> That was when they were riding the ATVs. And it's like, yeah. I don't need to watch this. I-, <laughs> I found that scene in particular really cringy. And I wondered if it was supposed to be like fun. I wondered, yeah. Lindsay getting dropped into the world. Did you find them like bonding and driving ATVs fun? Or were you like, what is this? Who cares? Like, Or somewhere in the middle? <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess I, I saw it as like, okay, so is Crosby the 
fly by the seat of his pants spontaneous child in this sibling group is that the role that this kid plays yes yep and then you know it kind of seemed like that as it you know that he was a lot more instinct-based person than maybe some of the other siblings and so you know I thought okay this house is selling which seems like such a significant um, marker in a life you know if you've had a home that long it's not really just the house right it's the all kinds of things. And so I could imagine that a sale like that or a, a moment like that would put, you know, both Zeke and Camille in a way, yeah. you know, it, it, it kind of makes you be like, oh, and especially for men, I think that that, you know, ch- turning that final chapter to the sunset is hard. Yeah. And so I kind of saw it as like, oh, okay, so now we're going to do some young things to prove everybody that, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm still fun. I'm still here. I'm still alive. Yeah. I don't know. I, I that's what I thought when I was watching it that maybe he was going through some stuff. Zeke and Crosby, you know, was like that. the person yeah. that you choose whenever you're wanting to be young and you know, yeah, <laughs> fun completely. Well, and that touches on the one substantive part of that story: Zeke's admission about growing older, which yeah. I can't believe never even occurred to me. Yeah, we're gonna get you another grill for the GTO. We'll go online and look it up, and uh, we'll Google it, and I'll find it for you. It's not, not the end of the, the world. Grill. It's not about the grill. What's it about? Oh, what is it? I'm feeling old, Crosby. Dad, you are not old. No. Not by a long shot. I mean, I didn't expect, you know, I just, uh, this thing is happening way too fast for me. But the, the idea of selling the house, you know, it just feels like I'm cashing it in. Cashing in the chips. Feels like the end. told mom that? I told her I'd sell it, you know. I'm not going to be a welcher like that guy with the grill, that son of a bitch. I mean, I told her I'd sell it, and if I turned around on that now, I mean, what kind of a man does that make me? What do you think I should do, Crosby? I feel almost silly for not guessing that his reluctance to sell was related to his mortality. But he and Camille have talked a lot about their third act. Yeah. And and it's like, well, yeah, duh. Third act also means final act. Yeah. After right. that act, you're done. Yeah. Totally. So cashing in the chips, that yep. kind of feeling, it makes total sense. And I don't know why I hadn't thought of it before. I understand why he never brought it up before. Right, right. You don't well, want to for admit sure. that. Yeah. Right. To, you yeah. know, to speak it means it's real, right? And, you know, yeah. so yeah. the confession about the oak tree, all of that, I just kind of felt like were the things that, you know, those are the things that you do when you're settling up, you know, yeah. or you want to make things right. And so I thought it was, I don't know. Man. I do have to hand it to him. I feel like, you know, when he asks Crosby, what should I do? I have these feelings and it makes me reluctant to sell, but I promised I would. I I was watching thinking what you do is get over it. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what he did. Yeah. Right. And, and getting the grill was totally symbolic. Mm-hmm. It Here's the last thing I get to do while I have all this room in this space. I can, mm-hmm. I can control this. I can 
finish the car the way yeah. I want to finish it. And then I can tell my wife, I'm ready. I have feelings, but I dealt with them. And I, I care about what I committed to you. And yeah. I thought, okay, at least you did the right thing. And I don't think <laughs> there's any way, you know, people say the only way, there's no way around your feelings, only through them. Yeah. And I think he went through them. He expressed it to someone and okay, processed, done. Doesn't make it easy, but you do it. I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it. And yeah, that was definitely my favorite moment in that storyline was, was him admitting that because I'm like, okay, good. Cause all the stuff about arguing with that Ernie guy or whatever, I'm like, Ugh, I don't, I mean, it just, it didn't land for me. It felt like a different show no. or something. And I, I kept thinking about how I really do think that when you're in a long-term relationship as Zeke definitely is, and arguably Crosby is, I mean, he's been with Jasmine a couple years now. I think it's really important to like still have your own moments and your own thing and still feel like a person and not just part of a unit. But for some reason, their trip didn't just feel like that to me. It felt like, oh, let's get away from our wives who are controlling and nags. And now we're free to the point where he's like, throw those pills out the window. I'm like, the pills keeping you alive, your heart condition. (laughs) You know, I'm like, she's not some horrible nag. She's like taking care of you. And I just I couldn't find that charming. I just thought it's so unappreciative and can't you go have a lovely like weekend with your son with all, all these like undertones of right. these women are controlling yeah. and holding us back? No, they're not. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And it felt so disrespectful to leave yeah. when she's like, this is not the time we have to make this decision. There's a timeline. Yeah. I was so in agreement with her. Yeah. And I looked up, Google says that the drive from Berkeley to Eugene is eight and a half hours. Oh my, oh my gosh. And if they're on a 72 hour window and he says 15 of them are already gone, you're just <laughs> right. going to add at least 16 hours. And that's if you just went there and then came straight right. back. But they haggled and they had the waffles and they haggled again and bought a motorcycle. It's like, <laughs> right. how much time is left? And yet if uh. Zeke knew the only impediment to this decision was his bullshit. Then then maybe it's like, okay, great. Go to Oregon, deal with your BS and then come back and do the right thing. Yeah. Then maybe it's okay. But it felt really disrespectful to Camille. Me too. I keep thinking about the fact that my husband is out of town this weekend. He's like having like a fun weekend with a, a friend of his. And I think it's great. He's having so much fun, but he like, you know, just keeps texting me pictures of it and like, you know, no undertones of like, got to get away from Melissa for a while, the old ball and chain, you know, it's just, I'm glad he gets to have this. I'm enjoying time just like hanging out at home and then we'll be really glad to see each other. I just hate that sitcom aspect where, yeah, like, I'm like, why are these people in relationships if they're so, yeah, whatever. My little pet peeve. Speaking of long relationships, sometimes we get a peek into them that I'm not sure I wanted. Uh, What's going on here, Slinky Robe? (laughs) Nothing. Huh? Got a little... uh, That's my favorite robe. I know. That's why I wore it. Good times. What else I got? Oh, I see. A little lotion for the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Money. What? I don't need the lotion anymore. Uh, Max. What? <laughs> also, speaking of cringy, that works too. Yeah, so many things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm happy they're happy. Yeah. But 
<laughs> don't know if I needed to see it. And it, I don't know, maybe this is missing the point, but it was just like hand lotion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'd be too embarrassed maybe to do anything else. They'll just, yeah, they're just using <laughs> items they already have. I just kept My thinking of Lubriderm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just kept thinking of like inviting Lindsay onto this podcast. I had no idea that that happened oh. in it. And I was also like, this so wildly out of character for this couple. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, like maybe not in their own lives, but like we usually aren't privy to that. So I was, although I guess every once in a great while we get a moment, like in season one, kittens on the grill, kittens on the grill. She calls Adam and was like, come home soon. Kittens on the grill. And we were also like, okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Of all the metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did, when I was I, I thought wow that is you know real efficient they must be <laughs> like there was no you know they either know each other very well clearly uh, yeah. but it's very efficient like there's no bullshit and yeah. we're gonna cut right to the chase and there the slinky is. robe I guess means that and so yeah. a lot communicated with the slinky robe yeah like oh <laughs> not the ratty bath yeah it's right. like right. that means sleep and this means something else yeah. <laughs> so efficient you're right really yeah (laughs) i have a whole language yeah shortcut (laughs) but they don't bother to lock their door so there's that but you know (laughs) yeah well their actual storyline in this episode made me wonder if public school administrators (laughs) did something personally to hurt the entire writer's room of parenthood we take matters of bullying very seriously mrs braverman we're doing everything we can to get to the bottom of what happened well, what happened was somebody peed in my son's canteen. So yeah, he was traumatized he's by traumatized, it. I so. understand. But as yet, no one has come forward and admitted to the incident. Well, of course they haven't. Well, Max has a pretty good idea who did it. Yeah. You can't just start Trevor making accusations without proof. How would you feel if your child were accused of something that he didn't do? I can, I'm sorry, I can't believe this. He's the kid who had his canteen peed in, honey. I'm really trying hard, honey, to keep my cool here, but I gotta say, your response to this really blows. Oh, boy. This is a serious incident, and nobody's blaming you, Mr. Knight. You did everything you could. You can't watch everybody, but you know this was a, an official school trip. It happened on your watch, and I'm expecting you to take some responsibility. Uh, excuse me, uh, Principal Radford, if, if I may. I, I have to say that I agree with Mr. and Mrs. Braverman here. We can't accept this. We can't. We gotta get Max back here. If we fail one kid, we fail as a school. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Knight. I understand your passion, Mr. Knight. And I understand you want this resolved immediately, Mr. and Mrs. Braverman. But it will take time. Uh, okay, well, I got that. Like but what are we supposed to do as parents in the meantime? He doesn't want to come to school. We want to get him back in the classroom. He's refusing. So what do we tell him? Uh, well, as, as the dean here, my feeling is, since there's only one month left to the school year, and since this is Max's graduation year anyway, uh, maybe we don't push Max to return to school before he's really ready. Okay. Okay, so that's your solution, to keep Max at home. Keep my son at home, not the kid that pissed in his canteen. Right, look, they're not That's, gonna you're going to punish my kid. Let's just go. This is asinine. Christina. This whole, no, this whole conversation is useless. Christina, okay? Please. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you were here. This, you and you, this whole situation is useless. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Don't laugh at me. I'm not laughing. So the best course of action is remove the kid who got bullied yeah. from school for the rest of the year. Which is a and month. And he'll just... Ne- and he'll just never return. I, that seemed outrageous to me, but 
What say you, public school teacher? Outrageous. I cannot imagine a world where this happened. I, I just, I, I like how you put that, Caleb. Like, like who has hurt these people in the public school system? <laughs> I didn't even really think of that. I just kept thinking, could someone get someone in public education right. in the room to talk to them about how things would be handled? And I mean, to be honest with you, I'm sure that there would be a lot of variety of ways of on how this would get handled. And I do agree that it would be tricky since it was like off campus and probably no no proof that it was this kid. But there is proof that, well, I was about to say there's proof that there was, you know, urine in the canteen, but I, they probably right. rinsed that out. But like, I just think, who makes that up? I, they would take this way more seriously and they would at least question the other people on this field trip and take into account um, mm-hmm. Mr. Knight's opinion. He was there. You know, I just the idea mm-hmm. that it's like our hands are tied. And I felt like their annoyance with Max was really playing a part. And I thought, how dare you? I don't I was mm-hmm. just very upset. And, you know, something that hadn't occurred to me is you said who would make this up, least of all, Max, who one of the hallmarks of his personality is honesty all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we've ever seen Max tell a lie. No. Not even in service of something he wants. If he wants something, he's going to try and concoct an argument and ironclad logic. Mm -hmm. And, Lindsay, something I was happy to find out you were a lawyer Because when this incident happened, I wondered, is this illegal to pee in someone's canteen? And the closest thing I could find was in the California Criminal Code, Section 245, Part B, there is a crime of administering a noxious substance with an intent to aggrieve or annoy. Now, I did not a lawyer at all, but it seems to me like depending on what you consider noxious... The intent was not the other the other section of that crime is with the intent to cause bodily harm. And I thought, mm-hmm. OK, that's probably not peeing in someone's canteen. That's not going to hurt them bodily. But aggrieve or annoy, that was absolutely the intent. Yeah. Sure. And that carries a maximum sentence of two years in prison. Whoa. Wow, and nice. I just I don't know. Listen, I mean, what would you say? So Does it sound like a crime to you? you? Yeah, sure. They could definitely do something. You know, I mean, we're of no shortage of criminal um, laws in this <laughs> country. So there's something that would cover it, you know, whether it's harassment or, you know, there's a number of things that, yeah, that student probably could be charged with you know not that i'm an advocate for charging you know juveniles (laughs) you know (laughs) if if we can do something better but yes surely and i thought the response was abhorrent as well i mean i just was it the whole thing you know yeah and i'm not saying he should be charged like you know he's saying well he thinks he knows well he's a witness i mean since when do we need this proof that you're talking about he he is part of the proof a witness statement what are you talking about there's people serving life without the possibility of parole based on a witness statement so this is silly just pretend that we don't have any real proof what do you want a video of him peeing in the canteen that i mean come on much less is required for action wow Uh, question them for sure yeah right but then he's the whole thing yes i just was my heart was broke. Like I just, for that little guy, you know, it's just, and you do see where kids are suspended for, you know, long periods of time, but what the, the adults in the room can't sort this out. And so 
we sent home the child yeah. who didn't do anything at all wrong. Yeah. The whole thing is bizarre. And the mother who's just clearly hot yeah. and I get it, but then keep saying, thank you very much. And thank you. It's just <laughs> such a, such a, you know, Ugh. part of the, you know, pleasing culture that we have, you know, it should have been just go yeah. <laughs> straight off. Yeah. And you'll hear from my lawyer quickly. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm not advocating he should be charged either, but no, it just seemed to me like if the action in question is potentially criminal, that the school wouldn't take it any more seriously than just like, well, there was some mischief on the field trip. Yeah. No, there wasn't. Yes. It was way beyond that. It was the least you can do to yes. try and avoid further liability or something would totally. be, well, take disciplinary action at the school and maybe that will appease the right. rightfully angered parents of this kid. Ugh. Yeah. Or at least, no. yeah, I never even thought about it being potentially criminal but now that you mention it, yeah, yeah. You, you you would at least have that in your back pocket to be able to say, well, if you're not going to do something, then I will have no choice but to. And then that might make the school do something, you know. If, right. So, I mean, it, it might be a bit of bluffing, but maybe it's not bluffing. Maybe if they thought of it, they actually would do something if the school didn't intervene. And in that case, I don't think they'd be so wrong. I mean, I agree it does make me a little uncomfortable, but... How, what kind of monster is this Trevor going to grow up to be? We don't even know him, but like, like if, if he just gets no consequences for something this heinous, like truly you're not doing him any favors. He's going to grow up no. and be horrific. Like he's already horrific. So truly. Well, and a whole bunch of middle school boys. I mean, I'm assuming it was boys involved in this specific mm-hmm. incident. Call the ones that you know were on the trip yeah. right. into the office, maybe one by one and say something happened on this trip. Totally. Everyone knows it. Yeah. What happened? You're going to get one of them to crack. Yeah, totally, totally. And then you can say, well, so-and-so said that Trevor Pete and the canteen, did you see that? Mm -hmm. I mean, get to the bottom of it. I get that when they said no one has admitted to it yet. Well, no right. one will. I think like you're right. not going exactly. to have to. Just waiting for like a you're kid. You're not going to have to exert that much pressure to I get mean, it. We don't need Sherlock Holmes. These no. are middle schoolers. Yeah. We can get yeah. to the bottom of this a little bit better. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then maybe try. pull the old. You know, if no one fesses up to this, then you're all going to suffer a consequence. Yeah. Maybe not suspension. You know, if you don't know right. for sure, but something. Something. Yeah, and and again, just as a public school teacher myself, I'm just like. What is this portrayal of like schools as just like incompetent and mean spirited and like not on the side of the kids who need the help? Like, I, you know, when Mr. Knight right. said, like, we fail one kid, we fail them all. I'm like, well, it's it's a little idealistically stated. But yes, that's more what you'll find in a school. You'll find people yeah. idealistic to a ridiculous degree and and. You know, yeah, it was just really upsetting to me that this is once again how the school is portrayed. And as you said, for the kids who who are responsible, it's helpful for them. This is the place where consequences can be meaningful and can be helpful to you. If you don't have, you know, as you said, these type of moments where you learn, have a consequence, then you do it out in the real world. You have to have those consequences with a lot more pain and potentially, you know, life altering type consequences. Yeah. So it's for both of these babies, you yeah. know, Max and these kids. Yeah. I mean, because kids are going to screw up. They're going to do stupid things. They're going to be cruel at times. I mean, yeah. they're going to make mistakes. They're middle schoolers, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's so well put. I felt like once again, 
Amber demonstrated that she is maybe better with Max than just about anyone else on the show. Yeah. So, your dad told me you're not going back to school today. Ever. I am never going back to Cedar Knoll. <sighs> yeah, I get it. School can definitely be no fun sometimes. I can do everything I need to here. Also, I'm smarter than all of my teachers. And you guys have internet and better snacks. Also, the snacks are free. I don't have to pay for them in the vending machine. All good points. Except, you know, here, we don't have all the other kids. I hate the other kids. I understand. I had some pretty rough times in middle school myself. Not this rough. I thought she just did a great job of just getting him to open up a little bit. And she was not offering advice or anything. Mm -hmm. She's saying, I understand. Oh, yep. I, I was really just touched by it. I also loved and appreciated that when Max said, not this hard, that she kind of accepted that. Like, that's true. You know, like, right. yeah, it wasn't. She didn't deal with that. Yeah, yeah. And she and knew she it. knows she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like relating to him, but never like um, diminishing his experience or acting like an expert in something that, you know, she wasn't an expert in. Just, right. yeah, just kind of talking to him on his level. She's very good with kids. We see that in the whole episode, right. you know? <laughs> she yeah. rescues all these kids. All the children, yes. yes. <laughs> She's incredible. But I, yeah, I, I loved that scene too. thought it was great. Yeah, I, I did too. It's exactly what somebody needs, whether you're 14 and have Asperger's and have trouble perceiving emotion or interpreting it, or you're 35 and you've had a heart, you know, we all want to hear, I'm listening. I, I don't have any judgment. I'm just here and I, I feel you. Mm -hmm. You know, I see you, I feel you, all those things. Yeah. It's exactly how you should respond to a, to him or to a friend or to whatever. Yeah. It's not about ranking pain or ranking, you know, this is his moment. Let's just let him have it. Yeah. yeah. No, she's great. I love her. I love that character. She's yeah. just, <laughs> I mean, I can tell she's been through some stuff, you know? I mean, that's where that probably comes yeah you know, that and that moment it's occurring to me now it's something we don't see a lot from max they don't delve into his emotions much because he has such difficulty expressing them sure but even just to see that in the episode after this experience he's still dealing with it yeah mm -hmm. i think it just it's always a nice reminder to us that even if we don't see it demonstrated in the same way his humanity is the exact same as anyone else's mm -hmm. yeah. and his feelings don't get unhurt any faster Yeah, just yeah. because he's not talking about it all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And then Adam swoops in because Max had something bad happen to him and whisks him away on an adventure. And my first thought was, did Adam learn nothing from the amusement park meltdown? Oh, yeah. I wondered in this instance, though, why Adam didn't seem to be wrong here. He yeah. was doing the same thing and it ended up being really positive for Max, it seemed like. What do you think was different about this and the amusement park incident? It's a good question. I feel like one difference is that Max wasn't going to school that day anyway, <laughs> because apparently the school has kicked him out <laughs> um, for being bullied. Whereas before... You know, Max was like, I I want to go to school. You know, he like had his 
schedule in, in so mind. His mind was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here, it was just pulling him away from the luncheonette, you know, where he was, I guess, done with his homework. And so I think that was okay. And also, I think he was probably fairly certain the beach would not be closed. And this wasn't something right. that Max was looking forward to. He didn't know what it was, even though he doesn't like surprises. I guess at least he didn't know what the surprise was. And so when they get there and he's like, you're going to learn to surf. He wasn't like, yes, I've always wanted to. He was like, I don't really want to. So maybe his <laughs> expectations were quite low as compared right. to before. And I, I will say I was torn because I got what Christina was saying later when she was like, this is not a paid vacation. But I also thought, yeah, but it's not like Max needs to be punished right now either. He didn't do anything wrong Mm. And he's doing what the school suggested. So in the past where maybe I think that they are too quick to reward Max for either nothing or for bad behavior even, in this case, I was kind of like, that kid is going through it. He needs something. He needs some joy. Also, I think that the roller coaster situation, I think that was more for Adam than it was for Max. Um, I think he wanted to feel like a great dad because uh, he wasn't mm. feeling like one. And I think it's just hitting me. I think this really was let's cheer mm. Max up. So I think maybe Adam has grown a little too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was glad that he went because he did seem to get some confidence from that. Yeah. Which sounds like this, what this kid needs. I mean, for anybody that's bullied confidence you know yeah and you know that's such a good reminder i already forgot it was just last episode that max told his mom i don't want you to come with me i want some space from you and i think that is what made this scene so moving to me i want you to know max finished all his schoolwork. okay all of it we promised to be home before dinner wait a second okay he finished all of it all of it every single part of my homework okay mom you should come with us Oh, honey, yeah. I'm not a beach person. I'm from Cleveland, remember? He'd love for you to come. Tell you what, why don't you just leave that and we'll grab some pizzas on the way back. Please. I want you to come. Okay. Can't say no to okay. that. All right, I'm going to get Nora. Here, look. You can take pictures of me when we're there. You open it up like this, and then you wind this forward twice, and then back once. And you close it, and this button here controls the shutter. I teared up in that. Me too. Just, Me too. <laughs> just to see Max connecting with, mm-hmm. in, in any way, with someone over his passion for something and expressing the desire to be with anyone, let alone his mom. Yeah. I just thought it was great. And it also made me think of when Christina was dealing with cancer and she like played hooky with Max. I remember Melissa, you saying, you know, what is health? Her doctors are saying, don't eat candy right now and you need to rest and you shouldn't drive. And she just needed that day of driving to the arcade and eating junk food, just a day. Yeah. And that mentally what that did for her superseded the good, sound physical advice that her doctors were giving her. And I thought, I know that they think Max needs to go to school, but that's the best place for him. But look at him. He was flourishing, trying new things, inviting his mother to come with them. And I think he, like you said, he's going through something right now. If you can get his mental health back in a better space, everything else is going to be better. Yeah. And when they were all on the beach together and Nora, it was just very heartwarming. It was. Well, and, you know, to me, that seems like the absolute best way to 
I don't know what the word is, treat a kid, spoil, but I don't really think that's spoiling. Like, I think so often the instinct with Max is to like almost bribe him with stuff like candy if you do this or, you know, and, and hey, no judgment that works. But like this felt like just family togetherness. I was like, right. there's this, it doesn't cost anything to go to the beach. It's not spoiling him at all. It's just beautiful. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it felt like so the essence of what family is for that even when the world is horrible and you don't feel welcome, you can be in your family and they don't judge you. They are there for you. Oh. That is your safe place. That is your sanctuary. And it seems like, yeah, yeah, they're surfing, but that's not what's that's important right. here. No. It's that they're all together yeah. and having fun and shutting the rest of the world out for a second. It yeah. was so moving. Loved it. And it felt like it kicked off a good old fashioned parenthood montage. Oh my God. Yeah. At the end of the episode, which I feel like we, we hadn't had in forever. had in a while. Yeah. And I have to say, the song in this instance was Underwater by Joshua Radin. I really liked the song. I, I looked, I at least looked it up. It's like, what is this? It's nice. I noticed that they really paired lyrics up with what was going on in the show. Like, yeah. like Victor fell down when it talked about down. Yeah. I was like, they've this like a, wow. they've choreographed, choreographed this. Yeah. 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 Oh, love it. She also said that she's from Cleveland, which I think is new. We knew she was from Ohio, but not specifically where. And that's where Monica Potter's from. Oh, that's Cleveland. fun. I like that. That feels a little bit like on Gilmore Girls anytime, you know, an actor would leave the show, they would have them go to wherever like they like like Adam Brody left the show and he was moving to California and he was actually joining the OC, which takes place in California. And like, oh. you know, like, anyway, that's maybe silly, but it's kind of fun to like pull in yeah. real life details. Well, sure. Well, all season long, as we've been looking ahead at future episodes and planning guests and everything, I would see this title fraud alert and I thought. What on earth is that in reference to? <laughs> I didn't remember either. I don't remember. I can't think of, is who's deceiving anybody? And I, and then it was explained before the theme song even came right. out. It was a credit card issue between Joel and Julia. And it all made sense. <laughs> I feel like we got a couple of clarifications about things that I've been wondering about for a long time this season. The first came between that scene with Julia and Sarah where we finally heard flat out what it is that Julia wants out of this situation. It seems to me that you should be able to ask him and he should tell you if he was on a date. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't ask Joel because he's basically not talking to me. He's being very short with me. Still? Yeah, he's making me feel like anything that's not the kids' schedules is off limits to talk Julia, about. Julia, that's horrible. I know, but... I don't, I just, I don't know what's going on. And so I just, I want to know. What do you want to happen? With us? I want my marriage back, you know? But, um, but if I can't have that, then I would like to know. It seems to me you deserve to be able to ask your husband what he's been doing. And he should give you an answer. Yeah. You're totally right. So let's get out of here. Good let's for go. you. Yes. Can we still have lunch? Yes. Not here. I can't afford this place. I think the first half of what she said, that she wants her marriage back, is not such new news. No. But the second half, where she says, if I can't have that, I want to know. Yeah. We had suspected, I think, but 
to actually hear her say it felt like new information. And I, to me, it, it struck me as very reasonable. Yeah. It would be mm-hmm. so hard not knowing. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Like, it was almost worth it to her to know, even if it's bad. Like, almost, because the way Joel talks to her later, it almost makes it seem like he's like, well, part of the reason that this is over now is because you're pressing the issue. And I thought that will be interesting to sort of discuss whether there's any truth to that or not. Mm -hmm. But also I thought, boy, the idea that it's maybe is worth it to her. Like, like if, if the, if the odds are only like 10% chance, if I just like hold off and just wait and not ask him about anything, including this expensive dinner or, you know, not Mm -hmm. just, just wait. And then maybe there's a 10% chance we'll get back together versus, okay, if I press it, there's a 0% chance, but I would rather that than keep living like this because it's torture. And I think that's interesting. Maybe if it was like an 80% chance that if she waits, they would get back together, she would be able to do it. But I think she senses there's not a good chance anyway. I could tell there was a lot of background that I just didn't have here. Like, you know, I couldn't tell who was in the right or, you know, like, you know, where the chips had fallen on what had happened here, but it just seemed that there was a lot going on and historically between the both of them that just led to this kind of really, you know, unfortunate place. I actually think this is one of the reasons why it is especially interesting to get someone like you who's just sort of dropped into the world, because I always wonder, like, if you don't have the full, like, context of everything that happened between them, I'm curious, what was your impression? I mean, you, you, or is it like, as a lawyer, you're like, oh no, I don't have all the information, can't make any judgments. Or (laughs) were you making judgments based on what information you did have, you know? I mean, I had a soft spot for him about the phone. You know, yeah, that's not ideal, right? I mean, no, phone's a big deal. Yeah. You should definitely talk. But I can see where someone would make an error in judgment in that situation with that kid in that moment under those circumstances you kind of just want to fix that yeah (laughs) yeah because you know he just was it was horrible it was like it was torture watching that baby feel like you know what's going on and it was clear that there was something going on with that kid that made this a bigger deal than just kid come on yeah you know yeah your mom's gonna be here or I'm gonna be here like I there was a reason for him to react the way he did yes dad and kiddo so I thought maybe it's not the right decision but but come on don't like <laughs> stop the presses you know yeah and he caught to it he said yeah I know spot, I have done you know yeah. and the mom you know Julia I'm sure probably if she were you know in a listening phase and problem solving <laughs> phase would understand that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. At that point, all you want to do is stop the hurting of the kid. Yeah. Maybe we don't do the right thing, but we can all have grace yeah. for that. But it just seemed to be not that mm-hmm. for her. It was seemed to be more of a like, okay, you got a phone, but then she's all, you know, she's getting knitted by the other, you know, Karens and the mom group. <laughs> That's bullshit too. So she's under some pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just, it seemed like there was a lot going on there mm-hmm. and I just couldn't quite figure out what, cause I, I saw her point. Yeah. Be pissed, yeah. but also not that pissed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an overreaction which happens, you know, they're separated, they're living in different places. Everybody's tense and things are strange and communication clearly lacking. 
so I wasn't sure. But then when he, you know, said, oh, since you're going to push me. And then he says like the thousand pound, like real heavy stuff, yeah. like your career and, you know, me, and I thought, oh, whoa, 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 this is deep, man. This is long. This isn't the first time they've had problems and there's issues. I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on here and I don't know what the right thing is. Yeah. Man, your, your use of the phrase listening phase really hits me because I think I've been more on Joel's side for this sort of like season long marital issue. Me too. Which is not that I don't have compassion for Julia because I do, especially now where she is sort of unclear. But I think the thing that always keeps me from flipping to her side is that I'm not sure she has ever been in a genuine listening phase with him. Yeah. I don't know that she has ever really put aside her own defensiveness about the mistakes she's made to hear what her husband is saying to her, that I feel like you don't respect me. I thought yeah. we had a marriage based on mutual mm -hmm. respect, and I came to learn that wasn't true. Oof. Do you hear him, Julia? And are you... Can you it's put your porcupine needles down? Because of <laughs> course you would want to say, that's not true. I respect right. you. And totally. that might even be true to you. But you got to hear what he's saying. And why does he feel that way? Do you right. think you married an irrational person? Probably not. So he probably has a rational reason why he feels that way. You got to hear it and mm -hmm. take that in. And I don't think she's still done that. And while I have compassion for her wanting an answer, yeah. I think that is her jumping to the problem-solving phase. And she's mm. great at that because she's a very yeah. capable person. She wants to solve it. We're not at that step yet, Julia. We're at the yeah. step where you hear what the damage is. Then right. you can solve it. And I get feeling defensive with, you know, mm. like when he says, you know, I didn't have an affair with Ed, you know, like, and for her to be like, it wasn't an affair. But like, I think it was an affair. It was an emotional affair. You know, it, it wasn't, she didn't sleep with somebody else. So just a little context there. They they did yeah. kiss once and that was it. She pulled away and she, she did eventually tell Joel, although she lied about it first. But I think that's so human. I get it so much that if you're feeling like you're unjustly accused of something that you want to immediately clear the air or say, no, no, it wasn't, right. that's not what happened. But it reminds me of that expression, like, not all men, <laughs> you know, like, um, which is true. It isn't all men. But like, the problem with the expression is like, when people want to use it as a defense to somebody talking about like something that's really been hurtful that they've experienced. And instead of listening to that, you immediately sort of discount it with like, not all men. And I'm like, I bet the person telling the story doesn't mean every single man who ever sure. existed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it, I feel like Julia is sort of doing that, but with, it wasn't mm. an affair. It's like, well, are you hearing anything he's saying? Like, yeah, like to him, it felt like an affair, Julia. Take that in. How, you know, you're like asking if he's sleeping with this woman who, and we'll unpack the dinner and how expensive <laughs> that was and, you know, yeah. how... Mm. I've literally never had a business dinner in my life that went past midnight and then cost hundreds yeah. of, you know, right. <laughs> that doesn't feel super realistic to me. But I just thought, God, I mean, like, what do you do with, with any of her reaction at this point? It, it's just all about 
trying to make it so Joel is doing something wrong instead of her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh, I'm sorry, Joel has not had an emotional affair. I, I don't even think that's what this is, although I don't think that this dinner was super appropriate. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah the listening thing, that was brilliant, Lindsay. Yeah. I gather she's like a successful woman and, you know, in some professional right, which would make, you know, when you have a problem that when you said she's really good at the problem solving, I can, you know, see that character developing, yeah. you know, like, and that is what you kind of do, right? You All right, <laughs> let me diagnose this. I'm good at this part of it. And now when it's not working, Mm -hmm. that my problem solving that I've implemented is not working, kind of lose it a little. And I think that's, you know, she seemed frantic, you know, frantic in desperation, but just kind of not, it didn't seem natural. Like I thought this is a smart woman and she's going to the, to a restaurant before it even opens no ma'am yeah. just hold up like that's yeah. a lot yeah you know like don't 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 be doing that and her sister you know finally got her out of that but it just seemed more instinctual like her the way she was reacting as opposed to thoughtful which is never a good road to go down you know it's... in these really serious you know moments but I just it didn't seem I'll be shocked if this works out yeah. and that's really judgy, you know, like I don't, I don't have enough context for this at all, but it just seemed like they were on very different wavelengths. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like her even saying to Sarah that she can't talk to Joel about this. Right. I, I was like, well, I feel like you can't just ask if he's sleeping with her, like, but he felt pretty reasonable until that question, you know, and totally. she, when she was just like, well, I got this fraud alert. He was immediately like, uh, Yep. I'm sorry. He even said, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. He was like, it was more than I thought I'd already offered to pay. I mean, he did not lie to her about anything. He didn't make up a story about where he was or who he was with. And it wasn't until, are you sleeping? And, and I'm like, has he ever done anything to make you think he's sleeping with her other than you, you two are in a bad place and she's very yeah. attractive, but there's been no, like, he, he was right to right. say, we don't have long intimate text exchanges like you and Ed did. We, yeah. I, I don't go over to her house. You know, I mean, perhaps this was a boundary that went a little haywire, but I think he was sort of right to be like, you don't get to ask me that I've done nothing to deserve it. You know, and I think she then interprets that to Sarah, like, I can't even talk to him. I was like, well, you can't make accusations at him. I don't think that's going to go over very well, but I think right. you probably can talk to him. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's That was my impression. It felt fraught. Yeah. You know, and so I thought, I don't know, I hope they can get better at talking for those babies' <laughs> yeah. sake, at least. Maybe yeah. this doesn't work out, doesn't look good for them, but they got to do better than this. <laughs> yeah, well put. Oh. I felt sort of a sense of relief at them finally having this conversation and in the same way to finally hear what Julia wants, to hear some clarification from Joel. I'm just trying to understand where we are in this and I feel like I have not been able to talk to you like it's not allowed or something and I don't want to live in limbo. You know, so are we trying to get back together? Or are we trying to date other people, you know? I, it's just not fair not knowing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It, it's not fair that I stayed home raising our family and supporting your career for all those years. And when it was your turn, you couldn't do that for me. That's unfair. 
come into my work and you make a scene in front of my boss, you have an affair with Ed. That's I not didn't fair. have an affair with Whatever Ed. Whatever it is, I just, I believe that our relationship was built on mutual respect, and I just found out that, that that's not the case. Joel, I, I respect you more than anyone I've ever known. Listen, I know that your dad was unfaithful to your mom and to think Can about... Can we just talk about us right now? I mean, my parents have nothing to do with this. Fine. Okay. Okay, I just hate this. You think I don't hate this? You think I don't hate living in this crappy apartment, trying to make it great for the kids? You think I don't hate that they sleep in our house every night and I sleep alone here? I hate it. Our marriage, it wasn't working, Julia. It wasn't working for me. And I don't know what I want. But if you have to know if you're going to press the issue right now, then my, my answer is no. We're not working on our relationship right now. We're not trying to get back together right now. We had wondered if these larger historical things were what was driving this. And he alluded to it, particularly in that Election Day episode when he said, I gave you nine years and you couldn't give me three months. But, but yeah, but that was very heated. This was much less heated. And it was confirming a lot of stuff. This was resentment that had built mm. over a very long period of time. Right. And that it wasn't a tit-for-tat grievance. It was that mutual respect mm-hmm. issue. And, like, fundamentally re-examining the type of relationship that you have. And, and I think it's Joel saying, if what our dynamic actually is, is you make all the decisions and wait for me to get over it, like we've said before then I'm not okay with that. Yeah. If it was what I thought it was, which is we both had a say, mm-hmm. that I can do. But it, it's just seeming more and more like that's not what it is. And in that case, I'm not okay with it. Yeah. Well, something I thought was strange, and I'm consulting my notes because I, I wrote down what Julia said. I definitely understand wanting clarity on the situation, but I thought it was so strange that she phrased it like, are we trying to get back together? Or are we trying to date other people? And I thought, yeah, that's insane, in my opinion. I'm like... I did too. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wouldn't you phrase it like, are we trying to get back together or are we not? Because right. I, I was like, who, after being married for 12 years, is immediately like, or are we seeing other people? <laughs> like, I don't know. She, she must be convinced that he's yeah. tempted by Pete. And I don't I had the exact reaction yeah. to that comment. I was like... Wait, <laughs> there's a lot between those two things. Me, like, yes. why is it that or this? I thought it's yeah. a really weird thing. So I thought I must not know. Oh, you know, some other things like that are going on or whatever. But well, I and thought I think it was that's bizarre. why. Yeah, I think bizarre. that's why I found it like crushing at the end of the episode to see her going on a date with Ed. That was the one she had the emotional that, affair with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My heart just sank. And I thought even with this clarity that she got from that conversation with Joel, yeah, now does not seem like the time to be dating anybody. Is she mm-hmm. really looking forward to spending time with another man? I can't believe that she is beyond just a sort of band-aid for her hurt feelings mm-hmm. in that moment. But I'm like, well, then you're just using Ed, which actually makes me feel bad for him, which <laughs> is weird. <laughs> and I wrote... <laughs> Yeah, I wrote, she needs a Rory Gilmore, I'm ready to wallow moment. That's <laughs> yeah. What, totally. yeah. Yeah. She's like skipping over all the parts where you just like make a list of, okay, what can I do to focus on myself and my kids and my life? And, uh, right. you know, perhaps this would be a good time for her to be like, okay, 
I got to get focused on myself. You know what? I don't like staying home alone. I know that. And uh, you know what? Now we've got two households to pay for. Let's get back to work. Like, I feel like that would make sense. Right. Yeah. Um, let's, let's figure that out. But then I also found it incredibly believable because I know so many people who start dating right away, even after like a divorce or something. And if I'm judgy about anything, it might be that. And that maybe is real bitchy of me because I've been with my husband for like 19 years. And so who am I to begrudge anyone? But I really usually think that it ends very badly. And it's like a way to avoid processing really hard feelings right. that I think are also really necessary. Um, if you're going to have any healthy relationship later, like, yeah, whatever she's creating with Ed right now is just not going to be healthy. I don't think. Yeah. What did you make of the new information that Joel's father cheated on his mother? It was like just two lines, one from each of them. Part of me thinks, did that really add anything? Mostly it made me think about seasons earlier when he made that vow to never cheat on her. Yeah. And I thought, if anything, that makes that moment make more sense. Like if that was something that had really hurt him in the past. Yeah. I understand why he might say he wasn't going to repeat that. That's but true. But in this moment, I didn't quite see how it was. I mean, I guess she's thinking, here's why he was so hurt by this, because he's got issues with infidelity. And he's equating what I did with what his dad did, even though maybe they're nothing alike. I don't know. I like knowing any information about the in-laws' families, but this didn't feel all that relevant. I also thought it was interesting because we know for a fact, and Lindsay, you probably don't know this from these three episodes, but Zeke used to have like affairs, at least at least one really, really long affair. Um, and so I thought, what a strange thing to bring up that Joel's father was unfaithful right. while not mentioning at all. Like, this is something we've both experienced, our, you know, like our fathers being unfaithful. And so you can understand why I'm a little unsure about you. But I I just kept thinking, but Julia, you're the only one who was unfaithful in this particular marriage. So it's not, I, 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 but yeah, if anything, maybe she would have used that to her defense. Like, I know what cheating is. It's what my dad did. I didn't do anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if she put it that way, she's, she's I, right. Yeah. That's true. Well, it was spilling over to their kids as well in this episode. And the first thing I want to say, I know I shouldn't laugh at this because it was so mean. But Savannah Page Ray delivered this line oh, I know so well. It was my biggest laugh of the whole episode. Stop. Hey. Stupid. I'm not stupid. Okay. Yeah? Then why'd you get left back? Stop. I didn't get left back. Stop. That is terrible. <laughs> She's so her mom too. Like that's yeah, just right. using logic and you know, like okay. that's evidence. Why'd you get help? Yeah, but that's so mean. And this was so different from like when I was giving her a pass. I think it was last episode that she blamed Victor and it was very yeah. heartfelt. It's like this child is just in pain. It's not her fault. Right. Here, this was clearly intended to hurt him. What can yeah. I say that will hurt you the most? Oh, I know. And then she just deployed it. She goes like for it. Yeah. I call that Sid Vicious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And kids do that, right? I mean, oh, yeah, it was painful. The episode before was really hard, oh. you know, to watch. Yeah. But yeah, you can just see the pain oozing out of both of them. Yeah. But the cousin, uh, the one I like so much, what's her name? Amber. Amber. Uh, 
again, coming in solid, Yes, you know, not trying to make it right. Just trying to be present, Yeah, you know, get out of your feelings and let's hang out. Yeah. (laughs) Can I talk to you guys for a sec? Can you sit down just for a second, please? You know that what you're going through is like really, really hard. And I'm not just saying that, you know, I'm saying it because I went through it too. And there's not a whole lot that I can say or do that's gonna make it better. But I can tell you that at least you don't have to go through it alone. You know, because you guys have each other. Just like I had him. I promise you, it makes it a lot easier. So just don't give up yet. Okay, we can still have some fun. Give it a try, huh? Give it a shot. What do you say? Five minutes, if you don't like it, we can leave. Fine. Yeah, all right, let's drop up. Amber and Drew were just like peak adorable in this episode. Yes. I was like, they are brother-sister goals. Like, does anyone in the world that close to their sibling? Well, Caleb, I know you are. I am not that close to my brother. (laughs) It just, it makes me wistful. I'm like, God, you guys... Who needs friends when you're you've got each other? Five stars. Yeah, although even I'm even I'm not that close. We don't snuggle under blankets together. Yeah. In Chinese. I right. mean, I did write in my notes. I was like, if Lindsay only watches this one episode, is she gonna think that they're a couple and not brother and sister because they're that like cuddly with each other? I thought that they were very close friends at first. I mean, I could tell he was getting over a breakup. She's trying to pull him out of you know the dumps. I thought they're really close friends or something and he's just crashing. I got that they were siblings, you know, a little bit further in, you know, obviously, but yeah, no, I just thought, yeah, okay. One of the, you know, know how close you are in college with your friends and, you know, everything's like centered around your friend group world and you do things that there's no boundaries. (laughs) So I thought they were just in that phase maybe, but just such a, beautiful example of siblinghood in in a hard time because it's true I mean when you you my my nieces um you know they went through a really hard divorce and it just it, it was true they have each other's backs now in ways that are atypical yeah. I think even for close sibling groups that they've it's a trauma bond right I yeah. mean yeah. divorces don't have to be the worst thing in the world and they're often better for the child but doesn't make there it is a trauma experience that Fisher and you know all those things and I really liked that part of it because that's a real life thing that happens yeah. and you know siblings that have gone through a lot come out you know maybe fighting and they still have their issues but they're a unit you know they're they're bonded unit and so I really liked that part of it for for the example for those kids Sydney and I think what is it Victor yeah 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 because they're gonna go through shit you know and (laughs) more of it and what a nice thing to have first cousins that you know we've done it too we're still screwed up but look we're tight with each other we love each other that's what matters I loved that part it's one of my favorite parts of it I loved it too it made me very happy I I really Drew and Amber might be one of my favorite dynamics like on the whole series I just think 
They're so sweet. And like, they really do such a good job of like blending the, the humor with the more serious stuff. Mm -hmm. It just all works. Like Drew's reaction when <laughs> to like finding out he's going to babysit them, he's like, right. we don't have any common Aww. interests. I thought yeah. that's like such a funny <laughs> thing to say. Right. Of course you don't. They're children, <laughs> you know, right. like, but I just thought that was great. Or like, I was wondering why Amber was pushing so hard for like not even checking with him, just being like, oh yeah, he'll do it. Was it like, he needs to get out of this house and like do something for yeah. himself? That's what I figured. Yeah. But yeah, everything about it just struck me as just right and really funny, okay. but like more than just funny. It wasn't like meaningless. It was full of meaning. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't too much. It wasn't sappy. It wasn't over the top because he's not pleased. I mean, who's pleased <laughs> right. to go and hang out in yeah. this like weird situation with these kids who are rude and just want to play video games yeah. and are just totally avoiding any type of normal human interaction. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that for 40 bucks. No, no. that's not worth it. <laughs> so it's not like they're going out of their way, but they're also like, shit, these kids are going through it. We got to do something. That's not right. We, you know, yeah. we need to try and step in here. We've been there. That sucked. Yeah. You know? Although now I realize the, maybe the irony of these kids are going through something hard and they're kind of wallowing in it. And so they yeah. send over Drew, who's right. so in the middle of wallowing right. over his own heartache <laughs> yeah. that he's like dropped out of school almost. Exactly. Yeah. I found the skating ring moment almost like full house level. I was like, oh, this is pretty. But it really cool. helped that they didn't play the music, you know, like just right. having no music. You sit down for a minute and it's like, oh my gosh. But, <laughs> yeah, but Mae Whitman, you know. She pulls it she's off. The, when she's the one selling it yeah. and they have the loud music in the background. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't become sappy. And then I think when it's done, she or Drew, someone is like, whatever. <laughs> it was true. <laughs> like, and they kind of like undercut the sentimentality. Yeah, exactly. little like, well, I had to say something. Well, right. But Her once again, with, with Amber in this episode being like super nanny left and right. And just the way she relates to kids. She's so great. Again, I feel like, it's almost a mistake for the show to present her so good with children if they're not going to then have her discover that like her calling is working with kids. I, I just think that would be such a fascinating thing to show Amber discovering like, wow, I really have a gift for connecting with mm -hmm. children and I ought to use it. Yeah. Instead of being the receptionist at a recording studio, I don't know. She's so. I just want. Yeah. I want the best for her. I want the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love her too. I really think that talking about undercutting the sentimentality. Also, her line deliveries so help with that mm -hmm. because, like, even at the end, she was like, "Give it a try. Right. Let's go." Yeah. Like, that isn't too much at all, and that really—it's right. maybe almost her hearing like this could verge on corny. So let me like get mm -hmm. funny at the end, and yeah, yeah, it was great. Five minutes, yeah, what you got to lose. It's nothing, you know. It's like sad. it wasn't over the top. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, I felt like the fraud alert could apply in this episode to anyone being checked for operating under a false assumption. Ooh, that's good. Bear with me. Okay. I, I actually think it's pretty good. So <laughs> Ju Julia thought there were hopes of a reconciliation for her and Joel, mm -hmm. but she got told otherwise. Yeah. Fraud. Fraud alert, Julia. <laughs> Sarah thought that she was over Mark, but nope. Fraud alert. And then she thought there was a chance with Mark. Nope. Yeah. Don't nope. you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Christina thought Max needed to be in school, 
but maybe he actually needs to be in a very different environment. Maybe that's not so much fraud alert because she's actively trying to create another environment for him to be in. But still, in this instance, no, mm-hmm. he needs to finish the year. Maybe he doesn't. And maybe this horrible decision from the school actually is going to open up a better opportunity for him. Zeke thought he couldn't sell the house without accepting his old age. Maybe. Mm, yeah, uh, like but it. he could. And then Sydney and Victor thought they couldn't have it worse, but they could be going through it alone. Yeah. They got checked on that That's fraudulent beautiful. assumption. <laughs> really? That was good. I know. I, Thank I, you. I think that's one of your best yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? It never even occurs to me really to try to like come up with a theme. Maybe it's because I'm like, that's Caleb. Caleb likes to do that. And I'm just good. But like, I like, it's weird. I would have thought I was more of a big picture person than like a small detail person. But when I take my notes, I really am just looking at each little moment Mm -hmm. and you're so good at like what did they all add up to i don't know i really i love that and i will admit that sometimes i maybe even most of the time to some degree i feel like i'm imposing it on it but i think that can help it's just like a lens through which to look like if the theme was fraud alert how does it apply and does that make me reconsider how any of these things played out? Mm. I'm sure the number of times that like if the writer of the episode was listening to me say that, that they would go, yep, he noticed. And then it's not that. <laughs> 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 That's so great. <laughs> There's one thing that I feel like maybe we should unpack a little bit more, which was Joel's dinner with Pete. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm wondering if either of you had a reaction to that, because I am mostly on his side, but I, I I wondered, what do we make of that? It goes until almost one. It is just the two of them. It is hundreds of dollars, and he insists on paying, even though I really had trouble wrapping my head around that. I'm like, if, if it's not right. even between you and her paying, but like this is like a company, like a write-off thing, like I, I just don't even understand why you'd assert yourself into it. Except I know that he doesn't, like, his masculinity's been threatened or whatever, so I guess that's what that is. But I'm just like, just let write it off. It seemed like a stupid decision, too. Like, it was just like, if it's, yeah, I I wondered about that, too. I have, you know, I didn't know who her character was at all, other than I could tell that they were celebrating, you know, something. Um, So I got, okay, well, they work together. And then, of course, he's like, oh, thanks for this job and all that. Okay, I get it. But then when she says it's company money, I was like, no, you're just stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are you trying to prove with this? Or what are you trying to say? Because all it says to me is you're that dumb. Like that you have bad judgment, like like, (laughs) stupid. I mean, say say thank you. But I mean, you're, you're trying to say something that doesn't work. Yeah. And then like the lingering hand touch. I mean, I clearly wanted you to notice that. And I was like, well, I don't know. Yeah. like too much, but they did it and want me to look at it. So I was just tell, what am I supposed to take from this? I don't know. Yeah. And then with Julia, I was like, okay, there must be some tension here or some issue here. I didn't know, but it seemed like they're, you know, obviously, or it seemed like to me, there's going to be more of the storyline, you know, and they're introducing it to the viewer some, in little pieces. Yeah. The only part that felt false to me was him paying. Yeah. That, yeah. That I didn't understand either. 
especially once he looked at it and it was more expensive than he thought. Just get out and of change, it. Change your point. mind. Yeah, say, oh, I yeah. thought 100 max. Um, right. No, <laughs> too rich for my blood. And maybe it was the masculinity. I don't know. It was a weird That was thing. my best guess. I wasn't sure because it was like, she's giving you an out. Now you've got a second out. Take it. That's too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's true. But I believe, you know, if you go somewhere really nice, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Right. You, like, if it's a... Your finest bottle of champagne, that alone could yeah. set you back, you know, a yeah. lot. And then tax and tip. And yeah, I and then I true. understand if it's late. I mean, maybe work hours are often really late in my line of work. But oh, that's true. If it was just late that they happened to get there and then if they got to chatting and it ran late, I, I buy that. OK, yeah. I still don't know why he paid for it. And even though the, this is the one thing in my life that makes sense. OK, maybe I understand that if you want it to read as a personal gesture of thanks yeah but even that i'm like well that's a stupid symbolic just thing. say thank you yeah like yeah. it just doesn't yeah okay you might be right about the late night thing and you know this is interesting i just tend to be so cautious with like what i do and and how that would come across to another person or mm-hmm. i i don't know like I don't even mean this in a judgmental way and i realize that they are separated but i just felt like It would be weird for me to go to dinner with someone that late and, you know, I I wouldn't want my actions to be misrepresented. Like, I, you know, he seemed so offended when Julia was like, are you sleeping with her? But then I thought, well, on the flip side, like, would Pete think that he was interested in her? Like them going out to dinner so late and and insisting on paying and the lingering hand that, you know, I, I did think. I mean, I think it's all just a bunch of red herrings, right. but I, but I also, I, I don't know. I just, it was such behavior that I wouldn't do like I'm, and I'm really close friends with some, you know, men, but I, I, I wouldn't do this with like a colleague who I'm not super close with, you know, like it, it, that would, that would feel different to me than like, you yeah. know, I was hanging out with Caleb till super late, you know, like Mark would be like, yeah, love Caleb, you know, you guys are best, you know, friends. And that makes perfect sense. But like, I don't know, I just wouldn't want to seem like I was hitting on someone or especially if my personal life was tricky. So those were just my thoughts. I don't, I don't even mean it judgmentally. I was just like a little confused at all of those little things. Mm -hmm. So and also, do they work with no one else? Right. Like, why is it <laughs> no just one else the is t- at that dinner? Yeah. Why is it just the two of them? I, I. Th- He's the head of a crew. There's certainly lots of people around. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, it just felt a little bit like a plot contrivance, I guess. So, yeah. I guess that's the answer. I really enjoyed watching it. So, I'm going to watch it. Yay! Yeah, for real. Oh, no, I, I really loved it. Um, I like it. And not that I watch a lot of TV because I'm just I just don't for whatever reason but I like this show and I mean most of it is because I don't know what to choose right I get overwhelmed I don't have a lot of time and so then I'm like oh that's too much for me to have to also decide what to watch (laughs) so this is really helpful for me like I was made to watch something I really liked it and now I'm set for a while I don't have to like make any decisions which is so great because I get decision fatigue you know yes oh I hear that yes yeah sometimes you're like I can't make one more choice even about something right fun. no I can't yeah when I get home I'm like dinner oh god I don't even care yeah. just something <laughs> like I, I know I have to feed 
these children, but I don't care what it is. Yeah, <laughs> anything. Well, I think that makes perfect sense. And I, I I hope that you enjoy the show, even knowing some things that will happen in season five. <laughs> you know, yeah. that you'll be like, this is all just fascinating backstory to me now. I, you know, how did they get to this place? Um, you'll have to let me know. I'd be really curious to know your thoughts. Feel free to like, you know, write me a message sure. anytime. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love it. Caleb, I'm sure you've had everyone you probably ever talked to tell you this, but your voice is so soothing. It's like the most beautiful. Really? <laughs> it's like it's like such a nice. I mean, it's, it, yeah, I, it's like a stage voice or a radio voice or something. Seriously, it's oh, beautiful. Wow. I do well, think thank you. perfect. <laughs> I do think he has a great like voice, and it's so like when I hear the podcast back, it is it is soothing. That's a good word. It, You're totally right. Yeah, and it's just it. Anyway, I'm sure everyone that comes on tells you. They do not. <laughs> it's a radio thank voice. You. Maybe they all think it. <laughs> well, it was my pleasure, you guys. Thank you for having me. It was great having oh. you. Yeah, it was thank wonderful. You. And meeting you. Yeah. Yes, likewise. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are Parenthood Pals everywhere. And you can find all of our info at our website, parenthoodpals.com. Thanks to Lindsay and thanks to you for listening. Until next time, may God bless and keep you always. And may your wishes all come true.